Hey guys, I hope you're doing well. For today's episode, I actually thought about sharing some interesting experiences I've had over the past week or so. I've been doing a lot of talking on Zoom, on stage, doing presentations, and I just learned so much about what's working, what's not working, and about the fears and the hangups that people have and that I as well used to have until recently about speaking in public. I've been doing a lot of recordings of testimonials, which is very interesting because I'm not in the testimonial, but a lot of the people I'm recording are so self-conscious about how they appear, what they look like, how they sound, where they're looking. You know, they get super nervous. And then the trick I learned is to just have a conversation with them, talk to them rather than just give them like these one-off prompts, have a conversation with them to where they're talking to you on camera and just edit portions of that because people are so natural when they're speaking to a human being, when they are in the state of, okay, I'm recording this for a video or for a testimonial, they get really stiff, really nervous. And it's like they're getting through their heads And that's never helpful, really. And I used to be just like that. And over the past, I would say year, year and a half, two years, especially since I started the podcast, that has shifted in a major way. And I think the reason has been largely because I am just speaking all the time. I go live on Facebook, on social media, in specific communities. I present workshops, I lead workshops, events, I lead challenges, I talk to people all the time, I interview people for the podcast and also for testimonials, for clients and my own business. So all of this together is just a large volume of talking. (laughs) As I speak, I'm recording the 48th episode of my podcast and it's been less than a year since I started it. And if you gather that each episode is on average half an hour, maybe 40 minutes, that's right there, at least 24 hours of talking, at least 24 hours of talking. And in the beginning, I was extremely, it took me so long to edit my podcast because I would take away every single hiccup. But as I started recording more and more material, the ums and the uhs naturally disappeared. I haven't measured it, but, and I haven't asked my assistant who is now the one editing the podcast, but I assume that for the most part, there's fewer things to edit. And it takes me less time to prepare to actually record an interview or a podcast. So that's all great, right? At the same time, it struck me I was very surprising. It was one of those moments when you've done something in your life and you haven't seen yourself evolve, transform, but somebody coming in from the outside is now perceiving you very differently than you, what you used to be. Similar to a child growing up and a relative not seeing them for half a year in six months, they see them and they say, wow, how much you've grown, right? We ourselves cannot know, cannot notice on a daily basis how we are changing and how much better we are becoming in the things we practice. And that's because we 
make these incremental changes. You know, Rome was not built in a day, nor was a public speaker. Somebody like Steve Jobs was not trained in a day. The secret behind Steve Jobs' public speaking performance actually is in lots of rehearsals, practice, and preparation. He was relentless with that. Even he did not. When you look at his earlier speeches or when you look at some of the famous people's early speeches, like uh, Margaret Thatcher, for example, if you look at one of her latest interviews on camera, it's shocking how different she sounds. She's very polite. She's very soft-spoken. She doesn't keep eye contact. She's very deferential. She sounds just like a sweet little housewife. You wouldn't believe it. But after she had training from proper speaking coaches and she spent some time developing herself as a public figure, you will now be able to recognize her as the Iron Lady by the way she speaks and she holds that eye contact steady. So what happened to me was on Wednesday, I, no, was that on Tuesday? Yeah, on Tuesday, I presented, it was a pre-recorded presentation that I did at a women in product conference, a big technology conference for women. And it was interesting to observe the chat during my talk because I, through my life, I've battled all kinds of hangups around public speaking. I grew up stuttering. I had a childhood stutter. And even to this day, you guys may not have noticed, but sometimes I'll have trouble if I'm kind of experiencing stress, I'll have trouble pronouncing certain words. Like public speaking, ironically enough, is one of them. (laughs) And I really pushed myself to speak in public in order to just prove to myself that I could overcome this. And I became my high school class's graduation speaker. I was then invited to go back and speak as a keynote speaker for graduation years later. And I've been, obviously, in this online marketing space and coaching space, I've been doing a lot of videos, a lot of workshops, webinars, events, challenges, summits, and now my podcast. So a lot of a lot of experience speaking and pushing myself over the last I don't know how many years, many, many years. And to boot, I also was so I was very self-conscious when I came to the United States for the first probably five or six years of my accent. Now, to be honest, I've gotten over it because I don't hear myself sounding weird anymore. I've just been immersed in this language and culture for so long that, you know, the way I sound is the way I sound. Interestingly enough, when I go back to Europe now, different parts, I have relatives in several countries, but say I go back to Bulgaria, they ask me, they they tell me I have an accent speaking in Bulgarian at least for the first couple of days after I've arrived home. And that's natural. You just develop a way of speaking that reflects your environment. So I'm no longer self-conscious about my accent, but I battled a stutter when I was young and I was self-conscious of my accent earlier on in my life. And the third thing that I've kind of battled is 
in my leadership trainings over the last couple of years, especially the one where I learned how to facilitate workshops and speak in front of strangers and people. Wow, there's nothing, FYI, nothing that will get you faster over your fear of public speaking than forcing yourself to speak to complete strangers in large public spaces. But I digress. The point being is that anytime I was called forth to present or to be part of a collaborative workshop, over and over again, I would get the feedback that, Lisa, we can't hear you. Your voice is too quiet. And there was another piece of feedback that came in that was about the sound of my voice, that it sounded very soft and sultry, a little bit like bedroom voice, husky voice, seductive. And I don't intend that to be the case, but especially when I'm telling stories, I guess it comes out a little bit like that. And it was interesting to me because I kept getting frustrated. In fact, I had an accountability partner who was probably the loudest person in the room. And this person had such a loud, booming voice, probably the loudest person I know, period, in terms of their voice, voice vocal cords and the ability to project their voice. And they would keep saying, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you, Lisa? Where is your voice? Like, why are you so quiet? They even started asking me if I'd been traumatized as a kid. (laughs) But, you know, at the end of the day, this is my voice. So fast forward to this week when my presentation aired at the Women in Product Conference. And I was just looking at the chat in complete and utter disbelief because the chat comments kept saying how much they enjoyed my presentation, not just the content, but also my style of presenting, how much they enjoyed my voice, the sound of my voice. They found it very soothing, very calming, but yet powerful and authoritative. Somebody said that their husband was listening in and they found my voice to be extremely pleasant. And so many of them said, wow, this is such a great example of how I, with my quiet voice, can be effective and powerful, meaning their own voices. So they saw somebody with not a kind of bombastic voice, but a softer voice be an effective presenter and present an engaging, engaging story and presentation. So it caused me to stop and think and say, if I have been able to overcome this, then anybody can overcome this and anybody can learn this. Honestly, anyone, absolutely anyone can do that. The key though is practice. And that is the first strategy and the first simple yet effective technique for mastering public speaking that I'm giving you here. It is Take every single opportunity to practice. Speak in front of your family, talk in front of friends on Zoom, go live on social media in front of your friends, any Facebook groups that you're part of, take an opportunity to go live. If you want to be interviewed for podcasts or start your own podcast, even if it's just for yourself, it is so healthy because the more you use your voice like anything, the more nuance that will become, the more skills you'll have using it. 
and the more you'll be able to be comfortable. And comfort at the end of the day is like what we need to be confident on camera, right? We just need lots and lots of practice to where on a dime, you can just be given a question, a topic, and you can open your mouth and say something with confidence, say something coherently, have it make sense, have it be very persuasive. It's an incredibly valuable skill. Why? Because people can sense, people are very smart and intuitive when it comes to understanding the state of a speaker. They can sense if a person is uncomfortable, if they're repeating things that are memorized. You know, I mean, you know when somebody's reading off of a script. It's just so apparent the way that they are with their body language and their voice tone. Even on radio, you can guess if somebody is reading something. Like I'm not reading anything right now. And just compare this. Let me read you. What can I read? I'm going to read... Well, I'm not going to read anything right now, but I guess the point I'm making is that you guys can guess if somebody's reading, like if I'm reading the bio of a guest, you guys know that I'm reading the bio of the guest, but that's okay. As long as the conversation itself is dynamic and free flowing, that's the most important part. So the first strategy is take every opportunity to practice, 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 be just be challenging yourself every day, have a 30-day challenge. No, have a 100-day challenge. Every day you speak somewhere and you just go non-scripted, scripted. You can experiment with different models, but every day make sure to either go live or speak somewhere where people can see you speak. After 100 days, you'll be amazed at the results. The second strategy for public speaking That is so simple, and yet it just boggles my mind how many people just get this wrong. And I think it's more sloppiness or not. Maybe it's partly ignorance, partly sloppiness, but so many people just don't have a don't have a don't have a good setup on Zoom. We live in a Zoom world today, and so if you want people to take you seriously, don't have anything that will distract from your message. So of the setup, I will walk you through the most important parts of the setup in order of priority. So the first and most important is eye level facial positioning, head position relative to the camera. Camera at eye level just makes it makes it so much more relatable. When people are looking down on you from, you know, their their head and you can see up their nostrils. I have actually seen, you guys won't believe it, I've seen up the nostrils of a president of one of my alma maters. It's an Ivy League school. I've seen up their nostrils because when the COVID first started, they went live in front of the whole school or the alumni with the laptop on, I assume, a kitchen table, and their chair was kind of really high up, and they tilted the laptop camera, so it was looking up their nostrils. It was really, really distracting. You could not 
if you were looking at the camera, concentrate on what the person was saying. It was that distracting. The other way around, if you're kind of looking up at the camera and everybody's seeing you kind of shrinking in the corner of your Zoom screen and being teeny tiny on the screen, you just look disempowered. You look um, like you don't have anything to contribute. Even though you may, even though you may be extremely loud, it just, it's a, it's a human body language thing. So eye level and then being able to look at the camera as opposed to somewhere on the screen that's obviously not the camera. Most people, this is, everybody knows this happens. Most people when they're on Zoom, they either look at themselves or they look at the other person. They're not looking at the camera. However, if you maximize your Zoom screen and you place, obviously the speaker view is going to be high up close to the camera you're going to be looking roughly in the vicinity of the camera and that's good enough. So try to be aware of where the camera is positioned so you can look at the camera or as closely next to the camera as you can. The second level of priority in the setup are two things. In my mind, they are of equal priority and those are good lighting and good audio. Like, Think of this as the 80-20 rule. You don't have to have a professional podcasting setup for mics. You don't have to have the studio lights. But if your face is not visible, if you're super backlit by a bright window and you appear like you are a dark ghost or dark outline That is not effective. That is really distracting and disturbing. If your face is, you know, lit up or super big and you're eating or doing something with your face, that is super distracting as well. Ideally for lighting, you want to have natural light and you don't want to have any weird shadows. So if you're in the evening, make sure that the light source is in front of you or to the side of you, or you have light sources coming from both sides of your face, kind of like at 45 degrees to the line that's formed by your ears. And when it comes to audio, audio is one of those things that is proven in podcasting, at least to generate Higher quality audio is proven to generate higher number of listeners and longer listens. Even though you may think it's okay for you or you can tolerate listening to audio that is static or interference or background noise, it really is grating. And again, it distracts from the message that you're trying to convey. So you don't have to break the bank, but just find an external mic. You can get one on Amazon that is USB, that does not need an amp. And you can use that for your lives or for going even on a regular Zoom call. You will sound so much better. And believe it or not, people will pay attention more to you. They will listen more to you when you sound better. And the benefit is for somebody with a soft voice like me, having a really powerful, high quality mic is very, very good. It really complements the voice. So those are the two first strategies or tactics. The first one is practice, practice, practice. The second one is pay attention to the setup. 
Oh, with respect to the setup, I forgot to mention the background. And again, it is the 80-20 rule as much as audio and lighting is, but I think it's a little bit less important as long as it's not extremely weird or extremely distracting. So if you have some, you know, room behind you, if you have a wall or some art behind you or a bookshelf, yeah, that's fine. You can even do a Zoom background, although be careful with Zoom backgrounds. They do look amateurish, especially when your limbs and hands and parts of your face start disappearing into the background. Unless you have a very uniform background, the Zoom background is going to sometimes have trouble picking up what's your face and what's the background. So that may backfire. But I can only think of two or three instances where the background was so weird that it was distracting. And unfortunately, one of them was during an interview for a job. Somebody was interviewing to work on my team. And I I don't think they had checked the angle of their camera because there was like a sheet hung behind them for the background on a string, but then you could see a little bit behind the string and it was like coat racks and a couple of people from the family were going back and forth. I also found it very distracting that the person had the camera set to the side of their face. So if you have an external monitor, this is one thing to keep in mind. If your camera is on your laptop, but you are looking at the zoom screen on your monitor, you realize you're not looking at the screen, right? And the person is seeing you from a side profile. And that right there, just, I can't explain it. You know, intellectually, the person's talking to you, but when they're not looking in an area that's somewhere around you, it feels like they're not talking to you. It feels like they're, I don't know, it feels like you're a weird observer to somebody talking to someone else. So background is important, in my mind, not as critical as lighting and sound, but it is important to manage what the person on the other end of the Zoom is seeing, what their experience is. Ideally, you want to have a uniform background, nothing distracting, nothing busy, just you, good audio, good lighting, you and your message. And that's the third and final tactic I wanted to share with you about great public speaking. And that is the moment you start caring more about your message than you care about how you look or sound or what people think of you, the faster you'll become a great public speaker. Let me say it again. When you start caring more about the message you have to deliver than how you look, sound, or what people think of you, the faster you'll become an engaging, great public speaker. That's when stories come in. You see, a story is the human way of communicating knowledge and ideas and insights. We learn through stories. So storytelling is a very, very important skill, but it can only be practiced authentically, I believe, if you as the speaker, as the messenger, realize that the story and the message is so powerful You don't have to worry about being stiff and rehearsed and worried and anxious and kind of blocking the whole flow. So care more about your message than you care about how you look or sound. 
Yes, once in a while you may decide to go live without makeup or without good lighting or with something that's happened to your face if you've hit yourself or had a boo-boo or some something like that. You will still, a good speaker will still have the confidence to go live or be in front of a camera no matter what, if the message is important enough. I remember one time Oprah... I saw her and this was on national TV and it was like broadcast to millions of people. They had taken her out of the makeup room to talk to somebody that had just come on the live stream. I don't know what happened or why it was so urgent for her to be there, but she had to go and she did. And she was, she had no makeup on. Her hair was a mess. She was wearing a robe and she didn't have those like, artificial eyelashes on. That's when I knew she wore artificial eyelashes because she looked completely different and she didn't care. She went straight into her interview mode and she talked to that person. And that's what people really love and respect. You know, they're not, unless you are an influencer who makes a living by showing makeup tricks and ways to apply makeup on Instagram, uh, you don't have to worry about looking always in your best presentation mode. As long as you have a good audio, good lighting, no distractions in the background, your eye level, you're looking into the camera and you're just relaxed and you're caring more about the message than how you look. So that's it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, then please share it with your friends, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. I would really appreciate it. (laughs) 